what's something spectacular that you can do this year that's going to really make a difference? And, and in order for it to really make a difference, so you, you have to understand the company's values, you have to understand what the company's goals are, and you have to be very committed to those things because you can do something spectacular, but if it doesn't hit the mark and it's not really what's important to your company, then it may not go very far. You're listening to the Lippert Academy for Leadership podcast, a show where we invite leaders to have courageous conversations about the journey of leadership, work, and culture. Let's go. Welcome back to the Lippert Academy for Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Dustin Carr. Thanks so much again for joining us as we have another courageous conversation about work, leadership, life, and promotions. Uh, excited for the conversation we're going to have today about coaching for promotions and really about a culture of promotions inside your company and the good, the bad, and the ugly that goes with that. And for Unfortunately, we've got some some gentlemen uh, joining us today that are going to help us navigate that conversation. I'm going to let them introduce themselves here in just a second. But um, this is an idea that came out of um, our leadership development team as I was pitching ideas for the podcast of what we could talk about. This idea of coaching for promotion uh, came up and why why it's so important. And so we're going to anchor our conversation around that. And, and I think the way we're going to do this is we're going to talk about the three stakeholders involved in promoting the company, the leader themselves, and then the person getting promoted. And we're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly for all of those. But let's just do this. Uh, Mike, I'm going to start with you. We'll just give you guys, introduce yourselves and sort of the role you all play within, within the LCI family. Thanks, Dustin. My name's uh, Mike Brulette. I support uh, leadership development uh, for a segment of our aftermarket division, and then as well as uh, chassis and Jason Falk. So he does a lot of uh, miscellaneous things. So um, that's what I do. Okay, great. Thanks. Uh, Edgar. Hey, thanks again, Dustin, for having me. Um, so I'm uh, part of the RV Products Division, uh, leadership director, um, I work pretty closely with every level of leadership with, within our division from people that are leading at the floor level um, to your middle managers all the way up to our senior teams. Um, and I've been doing it for about three years now. So, yeah. Bill. Hey, Dustin. Good to be with you and uh, Edgar and Mike as well. I, um, I work as a leadership development uh, coach for our window division, which consists of nine of our plants uh, located throughout the United States. Awesome. And I know Edgar and Bill, you guys have been on before. Uh, so thanks for letting me suckering you to come back again. And uh, Mike, maybe you'll learn and this will be your only appearance. I guess we'll see. If we've gotten any royalties, uh, Edgar. Yeah. I'll, once the check with, I put the I'm check in the mail. Check. And <laughs> I put them in the mail, guys. I don't know. I'll have to check with, uh, yeah. we'll have to check with accounting. I'll check. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so let's jump right into this conversation about a culture of promoting and I and I want to start and Bill I'm going to start with you the idea from the company's perspective when you think about the organization um, why is this idea of promoting because you hear a lot of companies talk about that we love to promote from within um, although sometimes people may be on the inside and not sure exactly what that even means but Talk about maybe why you see it as an important thing for a company to, to not only market it, but actually to do it. Well, I think for, for any company, when you can um, keep your talent within your four walls and promote people from within, it really starts to drive your culture, right? They have, they have experience. They know the players. They, um, they know, hopefully, what your mission or your vision is in your organization, 
Um, someone like ourselves at, at Lippert Components, we have our, our core values and leadership qualities. And so you can really sort of, if you promote from within, you can drive those things that become sort of the fabric of what makes the company. And, um, and when people see that, that there's more opportunities, they're more apt to stay within the organization rather than to look outside and to leave. So for a company, I think it's so very important, drives their culture. Either of you guys have any other thoughts on that? I think from a cost saving standpoint, um, there's huge value in it too. Uh, you talk turnover, if you're constantly bringing new folks in and, and, and training new leaders, um, it puts you behind a little bit. So to, to have culture already set, like Bill had said, the fabric's established, everything's there. It's just the learning curve of a new position. Um, there's a much, much shorter time frame um, if you're hiring from within. Yeah, and I guess to follow suit on that that thought, you know, it's you're looking for the 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 least disruptive way of continuing to build into the organization. So if you have people, like Bill said, that are bought into your core values, to the basically to your guiding principles of things that your company values, um, that that's so much less work that you have to do. You know, back to what Mike just said, uh, it it ultimately helps you continue to build with fewer disruptions, and at the same time. Uh, probably save some money in terms of bringing in talent from the outside. So I, I, I think we, we see that whenever possible, we, we want to promote from within. I think there's that idea of organizational, uh, there's less organizational disruption and there's less um, operational um, disruption, right? Because there's familiarity there. Now, the flip side of that coin, I, I think we should at least touch on it, is there is real value at times for going outside the company mm-hmm to bring a leader in, right? I mean, I think you all would agree with that in some, in some way, shape or form. I, I, I definitely agree with that. And sometimes I think, um, you know, going outside and getting a new perspective, right? People um, coming in from the outside may challenge the status quo that we get used to inside our organization. And I think that can be very, very healthy. Yeah, I, and again, I don't want to spend a lot of time there. I think it's just important that we that we recognize it. And I would argue too many times companies probably look to go outside too early, right? Because you get too familiar with the talent you have and they're not, you don't realize how good they are until maybe they're gone or something like that. And, and we're gonna we're gonna get into that. So I wanna I wanna talk about the leader, um, because they're the ones that are that are either are or aren't gonna execute developing their talent. And I would argue that every person, every person in a leadership position you talk to, they would go, oh yeah, definitely part of my job is that I need to develop those guys. I need to make them the most they can be and the best that they can be. That what they don't put on that is, well, as long as they don't get better than me <laughs> on the on the back end of that, right? So, so from a leader standpoint, um, and Edgar, I'll start with you. From a leader standpoint, why is it important for them to have that mindset of not only wanting to promote their guys, but but thinking about how I can get them promoted. Yeah, I think at the at the base level, um, it, the reason it's important to even go there is, I, I think you know instantly buy-in elevates when somebody who reports to you know that, that you're interested in their growth for one, even before promotion, um, their personal growth, their professional growth. You're willing to contribute to that. You're willing to build into that. Um, I, I would say when somebody genuinely senses that you're in this game, you know, to a great extent for their benefit, I, I think that's just one less thing to, um, to, to stumble over, you know? I mean, they, they know that you're 
ultimate one of your ultimate goals is to see a team get developed. And I'll guess I'll I'll say that too is that um, I think leaders that actually develop their talent, um, I, I think that's a lot more rare than what we want it to be. Um, people that can absolutely, uh, you know, get that next layer down and, and kind of teach the um, the basics, the nuts and bolts, and then and then some of that, you know. Uh, some of the secret sauce kind of stuff that they're willing to put out there because they're not threatened to your point, Dustin, about somebody taking over. In fact, they see that um, growth ultimately being healthy for the whole organization. So they also, that leader has a better uh, purview and, and a better buy-in in terms of what they're called the company culture wants to achieve. You know, just to add, and I, and it's, very similar to what Edgar shared. I mean, I, I believe that true leaders develop leaders. That's part of their legacy, right? And and really, that leader is never going to get the opportunity, even if they want to move on, if they don't start to work on developing their replacement, right? So it's so important for their own growth is to develop others so that they can have opportunities in the future as well. Yeah, Mike, I want to get your thoughts, but Bill, you talked about replaceable, and and this is a quote. I've even I wish I could remember where I heard it, but you know, people want to go. Well, I really want to make myself irreplaceable. Like that's I want to do my job because I think it's job security. And the quote that I heard someone say was, "Irreplaceable people aren't replaced. Like you don't get to get a promotion if you're not willing to be replaced, right?" So, Mike, go ahead. That's exactly what I was going to comment on. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. That's the flip side of it. Is why is it that it's so unnatural, as Edgar was pointing out, for our leaders to develop leaders? Um, twofold, I think. Number one is that very thing. Um, I, I want to be irreplaceable. I, I, I want to make sure that uh, nobody takes my spot. And then the second thing is the demands of the day-to-day job. There's a lot put on the plate of leaders. If you're in a leadership position, a lot's expected of you. So the day-to-day operations of whatever business unit you're in can sometimes um, trump the development of the people around you. You you begin to use those people as pawns rather than uh, um, as opportunities to develop them. Uh, So, yeah, I I think those kind of get in the way sometimes. and, And that's why development of leaders isn't always a natural default for us. So let me ask this question then of you guys. I don't care who answers it. How much of it is the responsibility of the leader and how much of it is the responsibility of the person being led, the promotee? Where where does the where does the shoulder where does it lie? Like, look, I can put in all the work, but he's not he's not promoting me. Or listen, he doesn't obviously want it. So why should I put the work in? Where talk about where does that responsibility lie? Well, I'll I'll give you my opinion. I, I believe that number one responsibility is for the individual. To be exceptional, what their what their current role is, right? I think many times people think that how do I prepare myself or how do I get ready for my next job, and they lose sight of what their current role is. And usually, when you become exceptional in your current role, that's when you get noticed by your leader to say, "Wow, you have a lot of talent. There's more that you can do. I see opportunities for you in the future." So, my advice and my belief is that for the individual, you should become exceptional in your current role. And that will be, right, the platform for which you can leap to go to your next position. Yeah, I would say that also it's, it's incumbent on that person in their current role, not just to become exceptional at, at the, the position that they're in, but also to be hungry for um, the kind of input from their leader. You know, I, I heard a guy one time long, uh, a while back call it the, the the cat on the screen door 
principle, you know, like that, car, that cat that wants to get in the house so bad, you know, that you're, he's going to be attached to that screen door all summer long. So, you know, that's what we want from people that not just, you know, we need mentors, but we need mentees. We need mentees that are like Lencioni calls them humble, hungry, and smart. Um, and smart probably has more to do with people smart than it does to do with intellect. But the hunger part, um, that has to be in place from uh, the person who ultimately wants to be promoted. Yeah, it's as, it's as if the individual is responsible for getting the ball moving, but as leaders, we need to follow through and, and develop as well. So maybe it's a meeting in the middle. Um, there, I don't know that one is more important than the other. Um, you can try to lead somebody all you want, but if they don't want to drink the water, right? Um, but then the flip side, if somebody's hungry and, and they're the cat hanging on that screen door and nobody's going to let them in, um, that's equally as... as wrong. Um, so yeah, I think it's, I think it's both. It's a meeting in the middle. We've got to have hungry people wanting to get promoted and we've got to have leaders in positions that know how to take them to that next level as well. I mean, I think there's, there's, I think a leader's job is always to develop. I think the leader's job is to understand at what level does that person want to get developed? Cause listen, we've got a lot of people in our organization that every day they want to come in, they want to do their job, that's what they want to do because it affords them to support their family and do other things they want to do. And then they want to go home and they may not be looking for the next step, whatever that is. It may not even be into a leadership position. It may just be a different role. And so I think there's some onus on the leader to understand, okay, Bill, what do you want? Like, what are your goals? Because what you want may be different than what Edgar or Mike wants. And based off of that, that should determine how I, what my, everyone needs a development plan, right? We talk a lot here this year inside LCI about everyone having a, an action plan for development. Those are all, I mean, we're going to have 10,000 unique development plans because everybody is different. And so it's recognizing the uniqueness and then not trying to make them into something they don't want to be, but helping them reach their full potential, which is hard if I think they could achieve more, but they don't want to. I agree. And I, I also think that, Dustin, I've heard you say, and I, I believe you phrase it like this, speaking the kind truth to people too, right? And letting them know that hey, maybe you hit your ceiling and being that, being the real true um, um, sounding board to them to let them know that trusted advisor that can say, hey, listen, maybe this isn't the right time for you. Maybe it's not the right season. Maybe this isn't the right position. Um, I think we have to have those candid conversations with people too. As, as true leaders. Not everyone's ready for the next position, even if they truly want it. Yeah, or if they think they are. Yeah, Mike, you hit on one of the reasons that leaders don't necessarily spend time developing is they're just busy. They're busy with the day-to-day. -day. I mean, give me some other reasons that you guys have seen leaders not wanting to develop or not. Maybe they'll develop, but they just don't want to promote because at some level, promoting means probably letting go. I don't want to lose that guy off my team, whatever that looks like. I mean, give me some of those reasons that you've seen or conversations you've had with leaders about why maybe they're not developing and promoting to the fullest extent. Well, I'll, I'll give you one example of a recent conversation I just had, and there's probably a, a slew of them, but one in particular, one leader that I was working with, uh, we, we dug into why he wasn't doing some development and come to find out there was some insecurities in his own leadership capacity. So the idea of him telling others, hey, this is what I need from you as a leader in your position was really pushing on his own insecurities. Um, so that was, that was a great 
coaching moment for the two of us to walk through. Uh, but that's one. That's, that's one reason why the, there's a lack of some development. I think there's some leaders out there, too, that have a good team. And guess what? I already have a good team. So if I promote you, I have to start over again. It makes my job more difficult. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to keep the people I have here right now. This is a pretty good gig I have going, right? Yeah. And so, and that's a fault of a, of a true good leader, right? There are times, too, where my opportunity isn't here yet, and I know that someone on my team, I want them. I already made a deal. I want them to be my replacement. And so I'm going to off on giving them other opportunities, right, so that they can get this spot for me. Or yeah. there may be leaders, too, that sometimes think, if I promote these guys or if I keep developing them, I don't have another spot to go to. Or they might outpace me or my boss might take note of them and move me out. So I think there can be fear out there, too, in, um, yeah. in some weak leaders on why they don't develop people on their team. Yeah, I mean, I would call it fear. The word you uh, that came to mind as you were talking was just selfishness. Right. It's just selfish. Like and it's and it's counterintuitive to what we see in a lot of other society. Think about a sports team. Like, isn't the goal of a sports team to build the best absolute team and then do everything in your power to maintain it? Like the Patriots had to do everything they could to keep Tom Brady. Like you can't let him go. Like that's the point. Right. And so that's absolutely the opposite of what we're talking about here is like build a great team. And you may have a guy that can do more elsewhere. You should let them go. And we have this mindset, no, 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 I want to build, my job as a leader is to build the best team to get the best results. If I've done that and I'm doing that, why, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? And that, and that can be, there's, there, I, there's tension there, right, Edgar? I mean, there's a, there's a tension in that. Yeah, and especially, you know, in um, a, a larger companies like ours where people tend to move around um, a fair amount, I think that, you know, yeah, it's easy to get insecure. I mean, we've got some leaders that are like it, one of our business units could be running a 150, $250 million business. And so there's a lot of pressure to hit those marks and to produce the results that you want at the end of the day. And you know, when you feel like you just got your team, like this is my team now. And then somebody comes calling because we need a GM over here now. I mean, you know, yeah, that can, that can, that can set you back just a little bit because you have to, you know, wonder how it's going to impact you. But I would say it's becoming more and more alive, like within LCI, that, you know, we see that as part of our responsibility. And so I think we have so many leaders within our company currently that are um, maybe happy to give that person up, maybe isn't the best way to put it, but they understand how it's, how important it is to the ecosystem of a growing and healthy organization. And so they gladly contribute to it. Um, Cause frankly, it's one of the ways that they ultimately become more visible and they ultimately get promoted. Yeah, I, Edgar, I agree with you. I think, you know, we're, we're really starting to see that in our culture as an organization too, which is, which is excellent. That's where we need to go, right? That's the future. So. And I think also the value, especially in a large organization that has divisions, whatever that is, we go, well, we're not siloed, but then when you start to get, when you start to look out, you realize, oh, well, we might not be siloed within this division, but our divisions are siloed. So when you can start to take a leader from one division and put them in another division, um, we talked about, you know, you guys talked at the beginning about it's the culture, right? That, that it, it sort of helps cement it. And I think it's that, that commingling across large organizations that start to cement the culture 
because every culture is local. So one division might do it a little differently. But when you start to to bring people from other divisions, you're going, oh, well, the way you do that really isn't that different. And, it's, and it starts to, to convict and cement the culture even more so, right? Okay, for the leader. So I want each of you to give me a, a suggestion or two, a real practical suggestion or two, is if I'm a leader, what's one or two things that you think I should be doing as it relates to promotion, as it relates to promoting and developing my team. Maybe just each give me one, that way you're not going to steal them from each other. And if we go around a couple of times. So each of you guys give me one. And Mike, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to start with you. Okay. Uh, performance reviews. Some kind of tangible feedback is really beneficial when it comes to promotion. People need to know where they stand. Uh, where are they at? How are they doing? Um, what's expected of me? Am I hitting marks? Am I on track with the measurables? Um, so that's one tangible is, is open communication feedback. Okay, good. Good. Edgar or Bill? Edgar's going to respect his elders. I think he's going to let Bill go first. <laughs> I would say um, one thing you need to do is, is be curious about what that position is, right? Be a lifetime learner. Be hungry to find out, right, what is really all involved in that position that you want. So stay curious for what those, um, what the role is and what the opportunities are. Yeah, and I, like one of the ways that I've um, encouraged, you know, up and coming leaders that I feel really good about and feel, you know, that I could sign off on this person, so to speak, is I, I position yourself before you ever get the promotion before you ever get the raise before you ever get any kind of recognition position yourself um, to make that leader's job a little bit easier and to become the obvious next pick. So, you know, that's the question I ask a lot of our leaders. Like, so what's going to differentiate you from the rest of the pack? What, what will you do where when say that G say that in our case, a business unit is led by a GM say, say that that GM moves up and you're a plant manager, you're assistant general manager, um, whatever the structure is, like, hey, we, you know, we're going to interview five people, but we have a pretty good idea that it's like candidate B. Um, we're pretty sure that it's this person. And I, that's my question all the time is like, how are you going to make your mark? And what will you do to become obvious? And t for me, in a, in, a, in a few different instances, that that's gotten some traction and people can really wrap their head around it. And it almost, then they kind of create their own marching orders. And I think some of that's then on, on the leader to help that person show how to exhibit confidence, right? I mean, I think one of the things you can do as a leader is put your people in a position for them to either succeed or fail on their own merit so you know where they're at, right? I mean, I had a leader early on in my career that said, no, I don't need to go give that speech. You go do that. I didn't want to stand in front of a room and talk to anybody. Uh, right. I just wanted to compile the information and give it to the vice president and let him go do it. And he's like, no, you, you come to the board meeting, you share it. You're the one. And man, I look back on that and I am so thankful for those opportunities, those awful presentations I did because he put me in a position to either figure it out and grow or not. Right. I think so much as a leader, we think, well, I want to promote him. So I got to hold their hand. Uh, you just got to create an environment going back to whose responsibility is it? It's my job to create the environment and give them the opportunity. I think it's that person's job then to decide whether they're going to take that opportunity or not when the time when the time comes. I think as leaders, you've got to give your people opportunities to succeed or fail. And then don't 
don't destroy them when they fail. Like it's part of the growth process. Yeah, and I think that's a, that's a key, Dustin, too, though, right? Once you give them that opportunity, then it's that follow-up, too, to get back to them and either pat them on the back and tell them they did an outstanding job or give them some real feedback to say, hey, here's a couple areas that you can continue to develop in that's going to make you even more successful your next opportunity. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For that sure. channel is so important for developing. Yeah, and, and to me, promoting your people from your team, like like uh, you guys had said, to me is a gut check for where a leader is, because all the reasons somewhat you wouldn't want to promote someone on your team, they all come from a position of probably insecurity or fear or lack of trust. Right? I, I mean, if we think if promoting people, if that's what they want then if there's something in you, inside you right now, so if you're a leader and you're thinking about your team, take the best person on your team and imagine that you're going to not have them next week. What does that do to you inside, right? And if that sort of makes you cringe, that's okay, but start to figure out what that is, right? I mean, Mike goes, that comes from a position of just insecurity. Like, I may not be able to lead as well. If, if Joe's not on my team, maybe I get exposed. And I think for us as leaders then, that can become sort of a, a canary in the coal mine of where we need to get better in terms of leading, in terms of leading our teams. As we think about, I'm on a team and I want to get promoted, right? You've already talked about make yourself to be known. Like I want that position. And I've done that before where I've said, no, the job I'm waiting for is that one. Like I want it to be really clear that that's the role that I want. But, but for those, that person who's wanting to get noticed, who's wanting to get promoted, um, give me guys, give me some things that they can and should be doing. I think we've already had several of them, but give me, give me some of those things they can and should be doing. You know, I've, I've got a situation right now where I'm working with a, a young lady. She has, um, been working with a life coach. Um, she got some outside counsel cause she wants to grow and she wants to have opportunities. And I asked her why she went outside and she said, I don't want to come across as a suck up but I want to learn and I want to grow. And I thought that was, that was fascinating to me that she's that ambitious to do that. And she also didn't want to come across as what else you want me to do? What else you want me to do? Um, Cause she said she'd worked with somebody in a previous job who was like that, always trying to self promote and, and push her way towards the top. And she just didn't like it. So I thought that was a really creative uh, way to, continue to grow, get the skills that she needs, have outside counsel and perspective. Um, it just shows a ton of self-awareness too in that process. And I don't know if that's the, the mode for everybody, but I thought that was a really interesting way to say, okay, what do I need to do to continue to advance myself? I'm going to go outside so that I've got greater perspective. Yeah, and that's a fine line because how do I get promoted if I don't get noticed if I don't self-promote a little bit, right? Like where, sure. man, where's that line between wanting to stand out, but not wanting to, not wanting to be that, that suck up or not wanting to be that person that always volunteers for, man, that's a, that's a fine line, right? You know what? And Dustin, I asked her that very thing. And you know what she said? Her response was this. I thought it was profound. She said, I'm going to put my nose down and bust my butt. That was her answer. Mm-hmm. I'll get noticed that way. I'm going to work as hard as I can and I'm going to get outside counsel. Might not work for everybody. Might not yeah. be uh, the, the MO for everyone. But just that she owned that, um, I thought was it, it was challenging to me. It was encouraging to me um, that she took that stance. Interesting. Yeah, I'll, I'll maybe come from a little bit different angle on that because one of the things that I, I encourage people to do 
Um, and, and you're right. It's, it can be a slippery slope. Um, if you've got somebody who's got some unhealthy, uh, tendon tendencies, um, and Mike, maybe this works for her. Um, but I'm like, what can you do to become visible? And, and if putting your head down and grinding it out is a way to get visible, then by all means, put your nose down and grind it out. Um, you might need to do something. So one of the other, you know, coaching points that I've used with people is just like, and I'll do this at the beginning of the year, I'll ask them, so what's that one thing that's spectacular that you're going to do this year? So yeah, other than the blocking and tackling, the stuff that you do every single day, the stuff that comes with the turf, what's something spectacular that you can do this year that's going to really make a difference? And, and in order for it to really make a difference, so you, you have to understand the company's values, you have to understand what the company's goals are, and you have to be very committed to those things because you can do something spectacular, but if it doesn't hit the mark and it's not really what's important to your company, then it may not go very far. So it's really important to be able to sync up with what your company values and what the company goals are and whatever it is, that spectacular thing, maybe it's a cost save, like if you're in continuous improvement or, or maybe if it's a, a total reorg of a, of a line that's been kind of out of balance for a long, long time. But what's something this year that you could say like, man, I really made my mark, something you can really be proud of and that the company values. Great. Bill, Bill, what are your thoughts? You know, I've, I've told this story, um, previously, but I would tell you in my own career, you know, I, I was one of those guys that I was going after the next position. I mean, I was always looking to grow and, and, you know, some of it was really focused on how much money I could make. And I was trying to support my family. And the greatest advice I got from my mentor back then, Joe Gillum was, was Bill, listen, you're stepping on a lot of people to try and get to your next promotion. And you know what? You need to work with those people, support those people, build your own internal team and they will help you get that next promotion. And so it changed my whole mindset of how I went to work every day, how I worked with my peers, my subordinates, and really focused on them. And they were the ones that truly overall helped me be recognized and get that next role. So, so sometimes it's working with others, not through others to get that right next role. That's good. We had um, Mark Sanborn, uh, speaker, writer on the podcast, and he talked about, I asked him, what's, what's the advice you'd give to a brand new leader? And he goes, well, I'd want to go back before they were a leader. The first thing I would want to ask them is, why do you want to be a leader? Why do you even want that, right, Bill, to your point? What is it that's driving you? Because that will determine a lot about the way you show up if, uh, if, you, understand, if you understand what's driving you. Um, Bill, you sent us a, an article that had a list of things to, to um, for someone to, to who's working towards a promotion, and I, this one I, I want to talk. I want you guys to talk about this one. This idea that make your boss obsolete. When you hear that as as on a team, and I'm working, I want to get I want to get noticed, whatever that means, because I want more, whatever that means. Make your boss obsolete. What? Talk to me about that. I would say I would say. Um... I think that ties in with another one that's on the list. And one of them that's on the list is be exceptional in your role. When you become exceptional in your current role, that should give you some leeway to then go to your boss and say, hey, I've got extra time. I've got some extra, right, space where I can do some things. What can I help you with, right? And when you start to do those things, I, I think it takes things off their plate that they don't have to focus on. And think about that. If everyone on your team was doing that same thing for the – for the boss, it might, right? He's going to recognize it. So 
I don't know. It's, I, I think it starts with you have to be real good at your current role before you can go help obsolete your boss, right? Take stuff off of their plate. So, um, Craig Rochelle, his uh, podcast, his leadership podcast, he talks about uh, creating a culture with chief problem solvers. Um, makes me think of that. Like if, if I were really, really good at figuring things out, I wouldn't have to go back to my boss for him to put out fires. I know a lot of the, the mid-level leaders that I work with personally spend a lot of hours um, problem solving, putting out fires, um, resolving conflict, doing things that pull them away from um, developing the business. So, boy, I think that's a great way to, to make your boss obsolete is to be a chief problem solver. Yeah, I, I had always phrased it, and it's still one I try to, try to use, is I want to make my boss's job easier. How can, how can I make their job easier, right? Some of that's about, it's really about leading up, right? But how can I make their job easier? Well, I can probably, like you said, I can make their job easier by taking things off their plate, right? And it's a, it's a way for me to serve them, but also to show them, hey, I can do some of those next level some of those next level, uh, those next level things. Uh, what else? I mean, Edgar, what else? You're someone who's looking to get noticed. They're driven. Um, what else? What kind of counsel are you giving them? Yeah, you know, um, uh, initiation is is critical in, in my opinion. So, I think whenever we see, especially in a very competitive environment, we we need leaders who initiate. Um, and I mean, just as a basic principle. In fact, I would. I would say that's probably the demonstration of something that we we want to see in people, which is a growth mindset. Um, we we want them to kind of have that resident, you know, before we replace them. I would say here, you know, at, at LCI, that's what we want in a leader that we're promoting is they got to have a growth mindset because you know why this company has a growth mindset. We have very ambitious goals. We have very ambitious, um, you know, three and five year plans, and so in order to be the kind of leader that this company needs you to be and that you'll be at home um, going to work every single day. You've got to have a growth mindset. One of the ways to, to develop that growth mindset is to be about initiation on, on a daily basis. Like, what are the things that I'm going to initiate today? So it's, that's one of the things, Dustin, that I've talked to people pretty clearly about, you know, and then it, that takes you beyond just doing um, the things that are expected of you every single day. It kind of takes you to that that something extra, that little bit more. Yeah, you know, Edgar, I, I love what you just said there about the growth mindset too, because, you know, I've, I've had team members um, work with me that what I would call are, are sometimes yes persons, right, on my team. And they just yes me to death, do whatever I want them to do. The ones that really challenged me were the ones that had that growth mindset that, that wouldn't always say yes. They would challenge status quo. And that would, even as a leader, it would make me better. It would make the organization better. Those are the people that I always wanted on my team that would challenge me or challenge where we were going so that they could grow themselves. And so the whole, I mean, it helps our organization, right? So I love the growth mindset thing too. One of the other, uh, one of the other items um, that, that uh, was on that list was this idea of raising other, t- other team members' performance right? Raising the, the level of my peers' performance, which speaks to, hey, I'm going to lead these people, even if I'm not their quote unquote leader, right? That I'm going to have, have that type of, that type of mindset. I think, man, if you, if someone's making the people around them better, 
that's influence, right? And we all know that that's all leadership is, is influence. And so you're looking for, because you all know, you all know people you work with now, they have no title, but you absolutely know they lead that team, right? You see it. The trick is, does the leader see it? And can the leader coach them on how to do that, on how to do that well, right? I just heard something today. You guys just keep it between us. All right. Don't tell me. <laughs> I tell you that when I hear that line, I want to go the other way, right? That destroys any organization. But once we're done with this podcast, I got some good stuff. <laughs> Later. You become, you know, Dustin, you become a liability, you know? Um, yeah. it, it's, it's so whenever somebody doesn't have the, basic discipline to keep a confidence and to not be the source of drama and division, you, you've, you've completely um, differentiated your way, yourself in a negative way, and you've become obvious in a very unhealthy way. And frankly, we can't build on that, right? We have to build one of our, uh, one of our core values is on, is, is, uh, is trust really. I mean, we, talk a lot about trust within our organization, right? Um, mm-hmm. And and so in, in order to, to really accomplish team play with trust, we have to be able to understand that when we're talking about sensitive things, um, when we're talking about things that might be leadership issues that don't need to get beyond our walls, then listen, um, we need that basic understanding that we have a discipline to be able to withhold information that we that, that we think might be sensitive. And honestly, if you're in doubt, just keep your mouth shut. Yep. Great advice. Agree 100%. I'm always reminded of the saying that someone will gossip to you will probably gossip about you yeah. when, you're, when you're not around, right? All day. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. And I love, I love the word you use there, Edgar, the discipline to, to have restraint. The, the idea that when, when we re- refrain from saying things, there's a certain level of discipline that is... Um, it's captivating. That that's that's something that that I, I want to be disciplined that way. Um, and I just wonder what that looks like if we can get that message out um, that we honor people, we encourage people, that we elevate people who have great discipline when it comes to uh, meddling in the weeds. Mm. And I think one of the things that you're that you're that you're all hitting on on this on this one specific example, but it speaks broad more broadly about promoting people is their character. Yeah. Right. Like it, we will promote on character as much as we will competence and maybe even more so when, because we all know people that are really, really good at what they do, uh, but nobody likes them and nobody trusts them. Right. Simon Sinek would say, just look for the, look for the, uh, look for the buttholes in the organization. Those are the guys. No one likes, they're really good at what they do, but nobody likes them. Right. And so that idea, it speaks to if you want to get noticed, a lot of times your character will speak as loud or louder than your competence will. Right. And I think that's a piece that people can't forget. And Mike, to, to the point of working on working on yourself, work on some of those character things. Don't just be like, what are the things, what are the skill sets I need to learn? Right. How do I act more mature? Right. How do I handle myself? How do I listen better? How do I express input, all of those other things because character, man, does character matter, right? Yeah. I heard, I I heard a quote years ago that I love to use. I've even used it in some trainings around here that character is the ability to ingest negative reality and metabolize it, burn it, use it as fuel. Um, so when we can take 
crappy situations and, and really use that um, for fuel. Uh, it's great character. And, and did Simon Sinek use the word butthole? No. I, I can't quite no. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. No, and I struggled a lot just to whether or not I just say it or not, but I'm not. So that's okay. okay. <laughs> Because I don't have an editor that will beep it out. I'd have to do that myself, and I don't know how to do that. So I'm not okay. going to. Bill, you were going to say something. No, the other the other thing that comes to mind when you were talking about that competency versus characters, Patrick Lencioni talks about there's a lot of smart organizations that have gone out of business, healthy organizations, right? They make the test of time. And so, and that's really, healthy organizations are built on character. Yeah. Right? So... So yeah, it's yeah. so so very important. Character out trumps competency all day long in my book. So yeah, okay, Edgar, we're going to start with you as we as we wrap up here. I want to give each of you just one chance to to give some encouragement to that leader who either knows he has someone on his team he needs to be building up, or he needs to go find that person to start really leading through the idea of promoting your people. So we'll start with you, Edgar. Just speak to that leader for a minute or two. So yeah, I'd just start uh, by repeating, you know, what what I shared last time, and that is the idea of having a of having a growth mindset. Because I, I think when when we're built for growth, and when we're um, nourishing ourselves with things that help us grow, with relationships that help us grow, um, and we're like even living a healthy lifestyle. Um, I mean, there's a basic principle behind it, and that is that healthy things grow. We're, you know, we've talked a little bit about healthy organizations, healthy things grow. It's a basic principle. And so if we can, um, if I'm, you know, talking to you, young man and young woman as, as a leader, do everything you can in your life to build health on the personal front and on the professional front. And you will eventually see the fruit of that mindset and that uh, willingness to initiate um, the, the way forward. You will initially, you will eventually see the fruit of your of your work and of your efforts. Good. Bill or Mike? Well, I'll, I'll just share. I, I wouldn't mind speaking um, to the leader who is in a position uh, because they wanted the promotion, because it was an opportunity for a little more money, because they were a hard worker, and they find themselves in this leadership position now tasked with the responsibility of developing people around them, thinking, well, I don't know if I have the capacity to do that. I just I just want to share with that particular leader um, that no matter where that person goes, it doesn't speak ill of you if they surpass you, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea of development is the more hours that you invest in other people, that's where the that's where the richness of development happens. It's not the end goal. And 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 quite often what we see is as we begin to invest in other people for their growth, their encouragement resourcing them with the things that they need uh, to continue to advance. We find ourselves uh, on that journey as well. So I just want to encourage you, leader, if you're just kind of stuck and you're not sure what's the first step I should take or, or how do I continue to do this when it feels a little clumsy, it's okay that it's clumsy. Just invest, encourage, care for, continue to, to shuffle the decks so that others have more opportunity than maybe you even had. Great. That's great. Bill? My advice for any leader is um, really drives off of John Maxwell's five levels of leadership. And level two talks about when our team members give us permission to lead them, 
And the only reason they're going to give us permission to really be the leader and to lead them is when they have a relationship with us, when they trust us, right? When they know, when you know that they trust us enough to say, I want to follow you. I want to be on your team. And so to me, in leadership, it's about building those relationships and building that trust. There's certain times where you're going to coach your team on where they want to get to. There's other times that you just need to be that trusted advisor and listen to them and speak truth back to them um, and try and find out where they want to go. So to me, build a relationship, build the trust. That's where it all, it all moves from there. Yeah. Well said. Well said. You guys are collectively, you all know a lot individually. I don't know, but collectively you're a pretty good group. So I, uh, I really do appreciate the time and the conversation uh, today. This is one, um, you know, that, that I think people could easily go back and re-listen to because there's just, there were so many good nuggets in there. Um, so I know you all got a lot going on. Uh, so thank you guys very much for, for spending the time and, uh, and appreciate it very much. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. What you do. Thanks guys. So with you guys, Hey, you're welcome. Thanks, Bill. So as you guys listen to this, as you digest this, we'd love to get your feedback, uh, what your thoughts are, strategies you use to develop. You can email those to us, academy at lci1.com. You can share them through our LinkedIn, um, through our LinkedIn page. We'd love to hear from you and, and give us some of your thoughts uh, on this idea of coaching for promotion and creating a culture of promoting, promoting people. Um, as always, the views and opinions expressed on this podcast belong solely to the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the view or mission of Lippert Components, Inc. Thanks to Eternity Bro for our theme music and to Michael Yoder and to the amazing team over at Truth Work Media. Until next time, I'm your host, Justin Carr, reminding you to think differently, lead courageously, and live passionately. See ya. See ya.